to. I think the healthiest way to be healthy and active is to be intuitive, not just with what you're doing in the gym, but just how you're being active in general. If you wake up and you're like, I feel like biking in the trails today, go bike. You wake up the next day, I want to go skateboard, go skateboard. Today, I want to go bodybuild. I'm going to go to the gym and lift. Like, just do whatever you feel like doing because it's healthy to move and be active. Let's give away some shit. TLA, another giveaway. Who was the last person? Uh, K. I'm, I mean, the Instagram name. I'm gonna butcher it. K. No, it's just. I think it's her Instagram name is just K K Coast or K. Oh, her name's K. K A Y. Don't say that three times fast. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, I think it's K Coast. Shout out to you. She engages a lot with content in general. Oh, yeah. It's not popping up. So, shout out to you. Yeah, she, so, she won. We already announced it on the TLRD, uh, the Tailored Life Apparel Instagram. So, obviously, go follow them so you can get updated if you're if you're not. But um, same shit, different week. We're going to give away some more gear. So, we're doing... Uh, Let them know. Yep. Socks and shorts. So, you'll get the full bottom half. Um, and this is what you got to do. It's pretty damn simple. All you're going to do is make sure that you're following Tailored Life Apparel. So at Tailored Life Apparel, you can click the link in the description for that. Got to be following us there and uh, just take a screenshot of this episode, share it on your Instagram. And by the way, it's actually super easy. Now the thing about you don't even have to actually share like screenshot. So to make it even easier, there's a share button. I don't know why we never say this. <laughs> there's literally a share button when you're listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So if you click share, a thing will pop up and it'll say, do you want to text it? Do you want to copy link? Just click the little Instagram thing. Instagram. It'll open Instagram for you and then you don't have to take a screenshot and then go delete the screenshot later and all that stuff. So just literally share it on your Instagram story and tag at Tailored Life Apparel. You can say whatever you want in there and just know if you entered in last week and you did not win, the more times you enter in, the more likely you are to win. If I keep seeing your, and, and full transparency, that's why I picked K. Because she's always commenting on videos. She follows the Instagram. She engages. She listens to podcasts. And I appreciate the hell out of people who are awesome. consistently supporting what we do. Because the more you support what we do, the more people we can reach. And the more people we can reach, the more people we're impacting to change our lives. So the more you engage with everything we're doing, the more we're able to help. And the more you're a part of this mission of just making the world a better place filled with better people, literally. As cheesy as that sounds, it's like basically what we're after here. So um, share the podcast on your Instagram story. Click the share button, send it over there. Just tag at Tailored Life Apparel. You can say whatever you want on there as well. Uh, but you got to tag us so that I can see it on the Tailored Life Apparel uh, Instagram. Uh, and you got to be following Tailored Life Apparel. So really simple. Follow us, tag us in your story. And when you do that, we're going to select a winner tomorrow as you're listening to this. So today is Monday as it airs. Um, so if you listen to this right away, then we're going to select somebody by tomorrow night. I tried to give it a little bit like, I, I think I waited till like 2 p.m. or something. So I wanted, obviously there's not everybody listens to it at fucking five in the yeah, morning when it airs. Or Monday. Yeah. Honestly, I might, maybe I'll even wait till like Tuesday night. Because I, I started screenshotting them on Monday. Uh, but if it's Tuesday night, that gives you Monday on your way home from work, Monday on your way to work, and Monday on your way home from, or Tuesday on your way home from work to listen to this shit. So give you a good opportunity. But again, share the podcast, tag Taylor Left Apparel, and you can get entered to win uh, some gear. And we're again, we're going to keep doing this every week because we want to get this uh, apparel in the hands of the right people. And we want to spread the message and uh, build that brand because that brand represents people who want to live a life by design. So... With that being said, with that being said, let's jump into some questions. Cool, guys. We have got a lot of good questions today. We are going to start off with a question that says, what are your opinions on 
ashwagandha. I know most supplements are a scam, but I have read and heard a lot about this, and it seems to indicate strong positive effects. So ashwagandha is, uh, it's legit. Like, it's not one of those ones that, I mean, look, like, it's it's kind of, I, I wish it wasn't this way because, I mean, if we could find some kind of supplement that, um, honestly, peptides are probably the closest thing to what I'm about to say, but, like, and I don't have enough experience with those yet to like really speak on it. I will be speaking on those soon, but like not, I mean, there's so many different peptides, so we can't talk about it yet, but, um, we've had somebody on the podcast and I'll probably try to find more guests to talk about it, but essentially peptides are the closest thing to this. And that is like, I wish there was some supplement that would give us such an amazing return of investment that you almost like have to be leery about it. You know, it's yeah. too good to be true. Those are the closest things to it. But like, if we're just talking general supplements, there's nothing that's so good. It's going to give you this profound effect, right? So when you think of things like ashwagandha, you got to remember, like, it is legit. It is science backed. It's not very uh, expensive and it works really, really well to do what it says it's going to do. However, this is part of the reason why it's cheap. What it's saying it's going to do really well is something it's going to like part like it's a small effect right it's going to do a little bit of this over time as you stay consistent it's like creatine creatine is pretty cheap it's very backed by science it's extremely beneficial but you're not going to take creatine and feel like supercharged or get yeah. jacked super quick it's kind of like uh it might you know help you with an extra rep and if you do one extra rep over the course of a year that's probably going to lead to some significant gains but you're not going to see the difference you just have to trust the science and you have to know that it works and then over time You'll get the benefit from it. Um, anything that promises you more than that in supplement form is probably full of shit or it's illegal. Yeah. Cause it's a steroid, you know? So like, that's why fat burners are, they're heavily marketed. Not that great. Um, test boosters, same thing. They're not going to do much, but ashwagandha is something that's going to, it's a, it's a natural herb. I believe it was like originally used more so in uh, Chinese medicine. That's essentially like the, it's an herb that you take to reduce cortisol levels, reduce stress. There might be some testosterone boosting effects. There is some research. So if you go to examine.com, um, and if you ever have questions, supplements, I literally will Google search examine.com space, whatever a supplement is, and it'll pop up. But like um, ashwagandha has shown to uh, increase testosterone levels in men. It has been shown to decrease cortisol levels. Um, it has been shown to decrease stress and anxiety. Um, I don't know if it is, you know, it's kind of like the chicken before the egg. Does it help decrease stress and anxiety and that decreases cortisol, which is a stress hormone, or does it decrease stress and anxiety because it decreases yeah. cortisol? I don't know. And then also too, does it decrease, or I mean, sorry, increase testosterone levels in men because it decreases stress and anxiety and cortisol levels, which is going to help you be calm, not as stressed and sleep better, which all is going to impact your testosterone levels in a healthy way. Yep. I don't know. Um, I take ashwagandha every single day and I have for a long time. Um, I actually don't take pure ashwagandha anymore because first form has a product that has it in it. So I take, uh, it's called adrenal restore. So it's ashwagandha, but it also has some other nootropics, neurotransmitters, uh, vitamins and minerals that are just going to do all the same stuff. Kind of lower your cortisol levels, lower stress levels, just improve your overall balance of the stress hormones throughout the day. Um, I take that in the morning and night, but, um, yeah, I think if you work like a high stress job, if you're, um, interested in building more muscle, if you want to optimize hormones, um, you tend to like, or if you're going on a diet and you want to make sure that you're like controlling cortisol, cause as you diet and get leaner and you diet longer, cortisol is going to go up the stress hormone just from being in a diet. All those things can be, uh, impacted positively by 
supplementing with ashwagandha. I would just say like it's not a make or break thing. It's not gonna change the game. Just help. Yeah. But I mean shit, do you buy a bottle of that for I think 10 bucks, 10, 11 bucks in the last year a month? So if you're somebody who's just like into optimizing and you don't mind spending ten to fifteen dollars on some ashwagandha from Amazon, buy it. Yeah. You know, if you want the one that's like the complex with everything in it, you can buy first forms that is a little bit more expensive, but there's more in it and it lasts you a, a bit longer, I believe. Um, you take it twice a day. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, yeah, that's my recommendation, but yeah, I, I, those are my, I, I like it. It's a good supplement for sure. Actually, I believe uh, Brandon Roberts, our team has actually done some of the research on it. Um, and if he hasn't, then he's reviewed a lot of it cause he's been interviewed on other people's podcasts specifically about this supplement. Dope. He's done some continuing education stuff for our team yeah. on it as well. So that's good. All right. Uh, next question. It says, I would love to hear your thoughts on the concept of quote unquote intuitive training. Hmm. Um, I am of the opinion that the more serious you are about your goal and or the more specific that goal is, the more likely it is that you should not be intuitive with anything you do, you know? So, and, and I'm going to explain when I think there is some intuitiveness that is, this is kind of an oxymoron, but like there's, there's times where planned intuitiveness is good. And it's oxymoron because intuitive is not planned. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but like in general, it's like, I mean, to me, it's the whole thing. It's like, look, why are you training? So if somebody says, I'm just training because I enjoy it. Like, I just like to get in the gym, get after it. Uh, like, I don't have any aspirations for my physique. I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm not trying to build muscle or anything like that. I just, I want to stay healthy and I like to get after it in the gym. 100% be intuitive. There's no point in planning anything because what are you planning for? A plan is something used to get to said destination. So even sometimes in fat loss, if you're like, I don't give a shit about muscle strength, anything. I just know I have to train a little bit in order to maintain muscle while I cut. You can be pretty intuitive about it and just go have fun in the gym, you know? But again, like if I'm trying to learn something, I'm not going to study intuitively because I never really feel like studying, you know? So like, I'm not going to study when I feel like it or study what I feel like studying like if I'm trying to learn a new skill or a new if I'm trying to excel my career in something like if we're trying to implement something in the business I don't go well reading is important for business growth so I'm just going to read in the morning but I'm going to be intuitive about what I want to read because I'm going to read bodybuilding shit every day or like I go down rabbit holes of um, like apparel stuff yeah and sometimes I'm like I I don't need to be doing this right now because (laughs) it's not even even if it's like even if I need to be studying for TLA it might not be the thing that I need to worry about right now So it's the same thing with anything else. Like if I'm trying to improve a skill, I'm going to read and study or work on that skill. If I'm trying to grow something in the business, I'm going to work on that thing that's going to grow the business. If I'm trying to change my physique, I got to train in order to change that physique. You can't do that intuitively. You need a plan. Um, Again, if general weight loss is your goal, then you can sometimes get away with it. And if you have zero goals, you just want to stay healthy. Absolutely. And I think in that case, to be honest with you, I think the healthiest way to be healthy and active is, is, to be intuitive, not just with what you're doing in the gym, but just how you're being active in general. If you wake up and you're like, I feel like biking in the trails today, go bike. You wake up the next day, I wanna go skateboard, go skateboard. Today I wanna go bodybuild, I'm gonna go to the gym and lift. Like just do whatever you feel like doing because it's healthy to move and be active. Um, now, I think there's a way to have an evidence-based approach to intuitive training. And they, it's like, it's kind of like flexible dieting. Like flexible dieting it isn't, intuitive in the sense that you can just eat whatever you feel like or whatever you want 
but you can eat whatever you want within the confinements of your macros. So flexible dieting says that I have my calories and macros and these are my numbers and my budget. As long as I stay within these numbers and I kind of check off my health markers, I can eat whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. So if I know that, okay, and this is what I do, and you guys will see this if you check out the, the YouTube videos that we're going to be, as this airs, we just dropped one. This is how a lot of them are going to be going forward because we have a lot of fun filming them this way and we're going to be able to get more content out for you. But you can watch me train and basically the whole idea is like you're in the training session with me. And as you see, like, I think the last one that aired would have been a shoulders and back day. And say you see another shoulders and back session in a few weeks. It's the same session, but now I'm doing different exercises. Yeah. Like, what is that about? Well, if I go into the training session going, okay, I am doing these two muscle groups, back and shoulders. Now I am going to be doing this much total volume, so this many total sets for my back and this many for my shoulders. And I'm going to do this many exercises to divvy up those sets for my back and my shoulders. And I'm going to do, uh, let's say there's four back exercises. One is going to be unilateral, so single arm. Um, one is going to be a pull down. One is going to be a horizontal pull. And one is going to be a stretch-based movement. And then within that, I have rep ranges. I'm staying within this rep range, mainly just focus on uh, the RIR I want to hit. So maybe it's like a, a um, ascend or descending one. So set one is a three RIR, then a two RIR, then a one. And then last set, I go to failure, let's say. Um, I have all those things in place. Like that's my template. The intuitiveness comes from, okay, I'm doing a single arm lat based movement in the 12 to 15 rep range going to failure on my last set for four sets. Okay, cool. Do I want to do a one-arm cable row, a one-arm dumbbell row, a one-arm pull-down? Do I want to do... Um, that's essentially it for the single arm because there's like no other options for it. But basically, I have a list that is a lat-dominant unilateral exercise that I'm doing for four sets of 12 to 15 reps with an RIR of blank. And so that's very intuitive in the sense that I go in the gym and either one of two things. So next week, I'm traveling, right? Well, I'm going to walk into the gym there and I'm going to go, do they have a cable machine? No. Okay. I'm going dumbbell. Maybe they only have up to 50. I'm at an Airbnb, not a hotel, but if I was at a hotel, usually they go up to like 50. So if it's up to 50 pounds and I'm like, damn, I usually use eighties for 12 to 15. What do I do here? Well, now I'm going to add a pause at the top and bottom and I'm going to go 20 to 25 reps, but I'm still doing a single arm movement for four sets, targeting my lats and with the RIR that I'm approaching. Is there dumbbells at your Airbnb? God, no, I'm going to go to a public gym. Oh, there yeah, you go. whatever's over there. Um, actually, I probably won't train when I get there because the second day they're going to take us through a workout. Yeah. Um, but point being is like that's intuitive. That's flexible. And there's actually some research to prove that that's totally fine for hypertrophy. So there's two studies that I can think of. And one, they basically, they called it flexible training uh, or exercise, flexible exercise selection, I think was like the something within the title of the study. And essentially they did just that. They, they, essentially had a program that was like uh, unilateral horizontal row bilateral horizontal push so like a bench press but they had movement patterns and rep ranges and stuff one group had to stick with a fixed exercise selection week to week and the other group could change it and they saw no difference in hypertrophy mm. um, and then the study that we actually just went over with bill campbell when he was on was very similar and they took one group and they just changed different things every week so tempo how many sets they do all that kind of stuff and i don't even know if volume was equated but i imagine it was because there was no difference in hypertrophy one group changed a bunch of stuff one group didn't the commonality in both these studies that caused the same that and this is the reason why the hypertrophy was the same in both groups is because generally the volume was about the same, but their effort was the same. Meaning 
everyone had to take it to failure. So they controlled it by saying you were trained hard enough. And this is why that's the most important variable to getting results for hypertrophy. Um, but if we were looking at strength and you were like, okay, I want to, I'm, I'm going to power lift. I'm going to get really good at a conventional deadlift. Cause that's my com- competition lift. And you change the exercises every week. You wouldn't get great at the competition deadlift because it's a skill. Yeah. It's like, all right, I need to get really good at being a pitcher in baseball. But today I'm going to go hit the volleyball. Tomorrow I'm going to throw a football. I'll pick up the baseball in a couple days. Like, no. Throw a baseball every fucking day until you're great at throwing a baseball. But with hypertrophy, it doesn't matter so much. It's just about stimulating the muscle. So, um, and I would even say the the way I explained it to Bill was like the newer you are in lifting, the you should stick with exercises for longer because you don't have that skill and you have to build the skill of the movement pattern, the exercise execution in order to take it that far to failure. So for somebody like me who's been training long enough, I can change it quite often because mm. of that list I said earlier, I've done all those exercises a million times. So it doesn't take me four sets to figure out how heavy I can go. And then next week I'll be able to maximally stimulate the muscle through that movement because I can just look at the dumbbell rack and go, that's what I can do for that rep count. I already know. Um, so once your knowledge in the gym is up, your experiences in the, in the gym is up, then I think you can switch it out more often. But, um, so I I don't know, that's, that's my opinion in general with intuitiveness in the gym is like, uh, maybe it's more like flexible than intuitive. It's just, you know, you can have variables, you can have changes, you can be intuitive because sometimes it's just, what do I feel like doing? Yeah. If I'm here, I know what's here at the gym. I just do what I want to do that day. But I have that structure. So it's not completely intuitive. There has to be structure if you have a specific goal in mind. Otherwise, you have zero idea if you're progressing towards a goal. Um, And even then, like, you have to still, like, even when I'm being intuitive, I'm still tracking muscle growth, weight, like, things of my physique to make sure that what I'm doing is working. It's getting me somewhere. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's my opinion. The more advanced you get, the more intuitive you can be. But even within the intuitiveness, if you have a goal... You got to have some kind of structured plan. Totally. You don't do much of what you want to do in the gym nowadays, but it's a lot more structured. Yeah. For a specific goal. Exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's uh, move on to the next question we got. It says, how do you deal with all the negative bullshit from social media and their influence? I just don't look at it. You don't look at it. I mean, I, I don't feel bad unfollowing people. I don't depends on how this context is. Yeah. I think, I think everybody's so like, I, I think I could, um, it would be harder for me to answer this question if it was pointed in at a different lens being not social media, I think just in general in life. Right. Cause there's some places where it's harder for me to do that with. So like to give some examples and context, like for me, social media has been business since day one. Yeah. In business, I mean, like, I don't, I mean, I guess I kind of sell things through social media, but mainly like I'm teaching so that people are interested in what we do and then eventually they want to buy from us or use us or hire us to get them to their goals, right? But when I started on social media, like I remember getting off of Facebook right after high school because I was like, I just don't care about it. And then I got back on when I became a trainer. So I literally was like, I'm just, I'm using this as a way to show people what I'm doing, Yeah, you know, and it's just always been that way. So it's never been a big deal for me. Like if somebody, if I don't see a friend's post or if I don't respond back, like I don't feel bad because everybody has always known that's just, this is my outlet for business. So I go on Instagram, I post my content, I answer as many questions and DMs as I have time for, and then I get off. 
Like I don't scroll. I don't, I don't really follow people to like, I, I try to follow like friends and stuff. And obviously I follow like 900 people, yeah. but like there was a point where I had like 2000 people just over the years. Dude, I literally cut it in half. Cause one day I sat there for like an hour and just unfollowed people. Yeah. Cause I was like, do you add value in my life? No, unfollow. Are you negative? Yes. Follow, unfollow. <laughs> like it was just getting rid of, you know, um, I don't follow a lot of like political shit. I don't follow a lot of news. I don't follow a single news channel. Um, I follow a couple like funny political ones. I followed one that was like about Seattle and I thought it was funny for like a couple days. And then I just was like, God, this makes me hate where I live. <laughs> oh my God. Have you seen, it's like a yeah. Seattle is ugly or something. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Oh, no, Seattle looks like shit. Yeah. I yeah. like, I thought it was funny for a little bit and I was like, God, this is sad. Like, I mean, it's, it's highlighting the bad parts of Seattle. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. That's why I was like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Like show me the, I, I follow uh, like, uh, they're like my neighborhood has an Instagram and it's just like cool pictures of dope yards and like the mountain and the beautiful parts of it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. They didn't show you the broken gate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to follow that, but I just unfollow that stuff. I don't watch the news. And to me, that's the harder part is like consuming, consuming, man. And there's just so much bullshit in the world today. And like, yes, you can't be ignorant to the fact that stuff's going on. You have to be aware of some of the shit going on or else you're ignorant to it. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to understand how much, what is actually required from the consumption? And even to the standpoint of like, okay, do not to put this on my wife, but I know that she does follow the news a little bit more than me. So if the world's ending, she'll let me know for now, I'm going to stay in my lane yeah. because if I get distracted by seeing the negativity and like the death and the disease and just the, all the ugly, awful things happening in the world, I will get consumed by it. I'll get anxious by it. I will like, I mean, it brings me down. Yeah. I can't do and what I need to do. your mind of doing other productive stuff. Exactly. So I think to an extent you do have to kind of just ignore stuff. And if people on social media are causing negativity, just unfollow, you know? I mean, that's, uh, you couldn't have said any better. I think that here's the thing too, is you get what you put out. So one of two things, either a, you're seeing a bunch of negative shit because you follow a bunch of negative people. So unfollow them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if somebody, if you're like, yeah, but that's my cousin, I can't, who gives a fuck? Unfollow them. <laughs> if they're negative, it might be the thing that they need to be like, Hey, you're just like, you're really negative. I don't yeah. want to see it. And then maybe they need that light light bulb to be like, oh shit, I am really negative. Maybe, yeah. Or they won't notice. I've heard at this all. from a lot of different people too. That same kind of question about how do I like get around the negative bullshit without unfollowing or having that perception? Yeah. And, like the whole like mute thing. You can mute them, but yeah. like you said, that doesn't do much in the long run because you're just still enabling. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're enabling by following, but yeah. You you wouldn't be enabling if they didn't know you muted them, I guess. Yeah. But to me, it, it's enabling in a way that you're not letting them know. Yeah. They might need to hear it, yeah. whether they realize and it or not. And it's also like being like disciplined on your part. 100%. Yeah. Like you're, I don't know. Cut what it out of your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and so like that's the first thing is like you're following these people. And then the second thing is you're one of the negative people commenting on stuff, but it's and this is like the, everybody in the world is so righteous. And my opinion is like, you can think whatever you want, but if you disagree with me, you're an idiot. You yeah. know, it's like, it's so ridiculous. So people will comment and feed into it and they will say their opinion. And it's not negative because my opinion is correct. But then the second somebody responds with their opinion that they think is correct and calls you an idiot, now it's negative and you're angry. 
And to me, I'm like, you're just feeding into this like negative cesspool. Yeah. Like, just don't comment. Just, just ignore it. Just don't follow the person. Don't comp like if what is it was the old saying parents used to always say like um, if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all yeah like you're better off just not saying anything at all you're a parent homie I am a parent <laughs> remember that one yeah and I said <laughs> actually I don't know if I have said that to my daughter yet it's coming yeah I'm it, just for saying. sure um, but it's like you know I think you're just feeding into it and I think it's and I'm guilty of that too like there's uh, and I think this is anywhere you go like there's negative people that live around me you here you know what I mean there's things I don't agree with with laws and fines and fees and taxes I have to randomly pay as a business owner and shit yeah. like that but I get mad for a second and then I try to remind myself like okay but if I stay in this like negative spot I won't move forward yeah I, I remember talking my actually this is like one of the most coolest things my dad I don't even think he remembers or realizes he said it but like um or how much it meant to me but like I remember talking to my dad about this because usually when we get together we'll like bullshit about business and work and stuff and I remember saying like, uh, this is probably like a year or so ago. I was like, I just, I want to move. And he's like, well, I was like, well, I mean, one, it's rain all the time. And two, the taxes, I was like, they just added this new fee and we got to pay this now. And like, I was explaining like these things I have to pay for no reason. He was like, I think it's good for you. I was like, what? Cause he's not a business owner. I was like, fuck you. What are you talking about? And he was like, you're the type of person that will nod your head and go, okay. And then just make more and do more and build more and grow more because despite what they throw at you, you're going to overcome it. Yeah. And I would kind of like, was like, damn, like, first of all, thank you for thinking that. But second of all, maybe I am kind of like that. Yeah. And I do, you know, it's like that chip on your shoulder yeah. mentality, which I think is good to an extent. But granted it gets, it gets old after a while because <laughs> they <laughs> How many times do I got to overcome this. <laughs> exactly. But, but again, it's the exact same point. It's like, okay, let's say I am going to move. Is it happening tomorrow? No. Okay. So do I sit here and think about it or do I just move on? Yeah. I go, wow, that's dumb. Keep going. Yeah. You know, same thing with the way people say things to you, everything. Like, I think, I don't know, you, what what you put out, what you feed into is it's going to come back at you. So the best way to, uh, it's, it's like the whole kill them with kindness thing. The best way to ignore social media negativity, the best way to ignore negativity around you, the best way to not let a negative environment kind of overcome you is to not feed into a negative negative environment. You know, it's it's about being positive despite the negativity. It's about staying tall and standing your ground and keep moving forward no matter what the negativity around you is like. Yeah. It's not always easy. I don't always do it, but like that's my mentality is I always try to come back to that, you know? Totally. So. That's probably the best answer I can give you. I mean, if you want actual actions, just unfollow people. There you go. Like, or delete your Instagram. Dope. All right. We will move on to the next question. It says, I have added heaps of salt to my diet and started to notice a lot of negative impacts. I'm curious if there are any other known health risks to overconsuming salt in the presence of a whole food diet. Um, man, I wish I could ask this person a few more questions. Um, First of all, what like is how much? Yeah, what is heaps? Um, second of all, um, why? You know, there had to be any reason why you added all the salt. Typically, whole foods are pretty low in salt, unless you're eating like. Well, what are the what are what's the definition of negative impacts? Exactly, that was yeah. the other thing I was going to say. Is like I wish I knew what you meant. Like, what are you talking about? Like, okay, you notice. So, are things happening to you, or did you read that salt's bad? And now you're like, oh shit, is, this is happening to me because I'm increasing my salt intake. Because most of the time, uh, it's, I mean, it's not a bad thing to add salt. I mean, you would have to add a lot of salt. And usually if you notice any negative impacts from salt, 
it's going to be very temporary. So you're going to, and it's got to be from a huge fluctuation. So most people only notice like a dramatic amount of like, you get super dehydrated. If you're lacking salt, you might notice um, a lot of bloating and water retention if you increase salt too much, but it's very rare. Um, you might like, if you have a lot of uh, sodium and certain minerals, you might like your pee might change color or stink a little bit, but like nothing crazy. Um, so I doubt like the only thing I can think of you that you're noticing is, is probably water retention, you know, because most of the stuff you're, you're not going to have any issues with salt intake being high unless you have uh, a specific, um, illness, you have hypertension, you have high blood pressure, something like that, then you might have to worry about it. But the reality is, is like, yeah, if you have high blood pressure, you probably shouldn't do a lot of that. But if you strength train cardio, do those things, it's going to lower your blood pressure and then you don't have to worry about it. If you have hypertension, yeah, you shouldn't do that. But if you strength train, you diet, you go into deficit, you lose fat, you're not going to have hypertension anymore. Yeah. Um, if you're retaining a lot of water, it's because you temporarily increased your salt and you had a lot of carbs, let's say. So if I, uh, if I have my normal diet and then I have a few sushi rolls, there's usually going to be soy sauce and then the sushi with all the carbs and stuff, I'm probably going to increase my salt intake that day and I'm going to retain a bunch of water. But your pH balances in your body will fluctuate and, and balance out super quick. So if I have one day of a ton of extra sodium and I like blow it up and retain a bunch of water, like within a couple of days, it's going to level itself out and I'm going to just deplete some of that salt. I'm going to deplete some of the water retention. I'm going to go back to normal. Like your body regulates it super quickly. And even if you go, so if this person was like, well, I'm strength, I'm training a ton and I need salt, or maybe they have uh, an iodine deficiency and it's causing an issue with their thyroid. So they increase their uh, sea salt that actually has iodine in it. And they see water retention the first couple of days. Just keep consuming that amount of salt because your body will make that the new norm and then it'll level out and it'll won't cause that negative effect yeah. after however many days. The The issue is really when you like increase and decrease, like if you cut sodium, that's a really dangerous thing. Um, but it's very rare to cause any issues unless, I mean, you would have to have so much fucking salt. I don't even, th I mean, like you, you'd be like licking a salt stick, like. Isn't there an animal? Is that a horse? Isn't there an animal that like licks or eats salt cubes or like, isn't there something called a salt lick? I have no idea. My question. Maybe you, I'm making shit up. Yeah, I don't know. Did you Google salt lick? Mineral lick. The place where animals go to lick essential mineral nutrients from a deposit yeah. of salt. See? Yeah. Salt lick. So they, so like if you're. Call a mineral lick. Yeah. Well, so. Uh, minerals are like vitamins. So there's vitamins and minerals, right? Vitamins A, B, C, K. Minerals, potassium, uh, magnesium, stuff like that. Zinc, Those that's found in salt. Mm. So that's how you get minerals. So if you, like people go on this, like, do you remember Mrs. Dash, the seasoning? Yeah, of course. So that was like huge for a while because it was like salt-free seasoning and everybody was like, ah, salt's the reason I'm fat. I need to cut this out. No, it's not. Salt's not the reason you're fat uh, at all. <laughs> in fact, if you're exercising a lot and trying to uh, train and, and lose weight, you need salt in order to keep your muscles hydrated, prevent cramping and keep your nervous system and your thyroid healthy because iodine, magnesium, um, selenium, potassium, these are all minerals that are found in sodium. So like if you cut out salt and sodium, you don't get the minerals. You need minerals to survive and to live. So like, um, animals are smart enough to go, well, they probably don't realize what they're doing. They just yeah. crave salt and they go lick the salt lick, you know, and that gives them some minerals and stuff. But the same reason, like, is some people will be like, oh, I'm just craving chips. Are you or are you craving salt and minerals? They're super salty, and that helps. God damn, that's awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I remember, be, like, Think people right. saying back in the day, like, go eat, like, a few slices of uh, 
dried seaweed and see if you still crave those chips. I'm sorry, but dried seaweed's not good. I'm still going to crave those chips. Yeah. Once they're on my mind, yeah. <laughs> the craving might have started because I needed sodium, but that seaweed's not going to help. What is the difference between salt and sodium? Sodium is like the like the scientific like vocabulary term. Um, salt is what we consume. Yeah, you know, salt contains sodium. Sodi- salt is so sodium is fifty percent of what salt is made up of. Right, sodium and chloride. Yep. So, and this is where like so. Dude, back in the day, like I had no idea. Back in the day, I'm talking like probably before the 1800s, like a long time ago. (laughs) um, There was like wars over salt because there was like a drought of salt before we realized how to like mine and like help it and stuff. Like so, people would fucking die over salt, dude. But um, now they have like iodized salt, and they have all this salt that they can mass produce, and they take out a lot of the minerals from it. And that's why, like, you got to make sure you're if you're getting salt, you might as well get salt that still has iodine in it. Um, I think iodized salt is actually when they put the iodine back into the salt, mm. kind of like enriched flour. You know, they take flour, yeah, and then they like enrich it with vitamins instead of just making it whole wheat. Mm. But white bread tastes good to some people, so um i i don't know because you didn't tell me your negative uh symptoms but i don't think you have anything to worry about unless you're literally drinking salt or you're next to the animals in the playpen licking a salt lick yeah. <laughs> so i hope you're not all right the next question is going to be if you had to build a personal training business from scratch nowadays how would you do it nowadays is the key it's you know like it's always a hard question because i think it's you know I've heard, I've heard a lot of people answer this question. I'm going to be completely transparent with this right now. I think a lot of people answer this question and it's like, um, they say what they would do now, but part of me is like, I don't think, I think you should at least provide the context of, I started a personal training business in another time. And so it's different now. And I don't know if this will work. You know what I mean? Because like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is what you should do. Because I don't fucking know. I'm not starting a personal training business right now. And it is completely different to speak from a place of uh, having a reputable name already versus, okay, I'm starting a personal training business. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah. Go. So if somebody's on a podcast talking about the best thing to do, I mean, is that the best thing to do from the context of everybody knows that person's name? You know? I don't know. Um, Maybe like, maybe like what things would you do different? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think that if I were to start a personal training business, obviously the first thing is like, actually, honestly, it, it, I was going to say it depends if we're going online or in person, but I, I would. it would be in person. I wouldn't start an online business from scratch. I would start in person first because I think you need that, those reps. Yeah. Um, and knowing that I would start with saying, what do I want to do in five, to 10 years? So if in five, to 10 years, I want it to be online, then I would go work for somebody as a personal trainer. I would try to find the most prestige training facility there was in my area and I would go train for them. And I would not give a shit what I got paid. I would just be the best damn trainer in that building. And that's all I would do for the next three to four years. Yep. And I would just work five to six days a week, training as many people as I can, creating as much value as I can, documenting as much of it, taking pictures, sharing, doing all that stuff. Same shit I did. I was going to say, it doesn't sound much different. Yeah, exactly what I did. But I wanted to create, like literally I wanted to create an online business. So if anybody's listening that wants to have what I have and do what I do and all that, like build this kind of team and everything, that is what I did. I literally interviewed for an internship and I told the man, I want to start an online business in the future. And he told me, okay, then train people for five years straight and you'll have the right to do so. So I did it for six and a half and then I went Say out and less. did it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. You know? 
So I do think that's the best route because you learn so much about coaching people by doing it in person first. So that's the route I went so that I could have uh, like what I I, basically so I could do what I do today online. Now, if I were to start an in-person business, I might do the same thing at first, unless this person's asking the question of like, I've already done that. I've been training people for the last however many years. Now I want to, you know, start my own business. And in that sense, what I would do is I would, I personally would probably go get a loan from the bank and I would use that loan to get a facility. I think a lot of people are like, I would, you know, cause realistically you could rent out a facility and you spend, I mean, honestly, like, I think if we look at if we take out these offices and we're just looking at that gym over there, like and not including the build out, right. Of having them do the extra paint on the walls and the bathroom and the kitchen, and all this stuff, 20 grand, yeah. like 20 grand. You can get all the, the mats and the most of the equipment and stuff, at least enough equipment to do what you need to do. Yeah. So to get it started. Yeah. And so I would say like, okay, like a lot of people would be like, I'll save 20 grand and all that. To me, I would be more likely to get, go get a loan because I think if you're going to save, it gives you too much time. You're thinking about it for way longer you have way more time to create excuses and doubt in your head. And you also have way more time to spend that fucking money and not save it all. So it's just like whenever somebody says, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I created a budget and I'm going to save this much in this many days. It always takes longer. Like it's just, it's life. Cause things come up. Um, my, my dog ate a fucking chocolate chip cookie, a double chocolate chip cookie the other day. And I was like, well, we're here. We're going to go to the vet. That's going to be a $1,500 bill. Cause <laughs> every time he does something, it is, you yeah. know, he's a bulldog. They're not cheap. Um, Thank God I got great pet insurance. But point being is things come up. You don't save the money. So I would get a loan because then you can have that money right away. And it puts some accountability and fire in your ass. Like you owe 20 grand to the bank. So you better get busy. Open up a facility, rent out some space, lay the mats and all that stuff. And then start in the facility from there. From there, I would literally, this is, so there's a few different tactics. One is a Gary Vee tactic. And he literally said, and I've never done this, but I mean, it's not a bad idea. If I was starting a personal training business, I would do it. Go to your contacts in your phone and text message every single contact asking them if they know somebody who would be interested in personal training. He said whatever your business was. Um, 90% of those people are going to say fuck off or not answer. But 10% of them will either say, A, you own a a personal training business? It's been a while. I'm interested. I need to help with losing weight. Or they'll say, dude, I know somebody because they want to help you out. And so there you go. You get 20 clients maybe, right? That's helping you pay your bills. Now you're going to print out flyers and you go to every local business and you're going to put those flyers in people's businesses. And if you can find other places, like if you live in an apartment, I did this at Shannon's apartment, take your business card, your flyer, whatever, go into the locker room of the gym at your apartment building or whatever, and put them in every single fucking locker every morning. (laughs) I literally did that shit. That's dope. Yeah, dude. I've, uh, no shit, I actually had a, uh, I had somebody, they might listen to this podcast, shout out to Steven Thibbert, I don't know if that's how you pronounce your last name, um, but that's how he found me, mm. yeah, and I ended up seeing, he's like, came up to me at a seminar one time, he was like, dude, this is literally how I discovered you for the first time, I've been following you for a while, I just found your card in the lockers at Lakeland Hills Apartments, I was like, no shit, my girlfriend at the time lived there, and I just started shoving them in lockers, Yeah, just do random stuff like that, you'll, you'll get people, and then post content every single goddamn day, like, Direct reach out and all that stuff. Like I, but I do think the the best thing to do is get a loan, open a spot, that's some accountability under you, and just start going ham with marketing, guerrilla marketing, where you're just getting face to face with people. Yeah. Um, and if you're doing the online route, it's basically the same thing. You're just doing instead of fly. I mean, you shit, you could do flyers. I think that's actually an underrated thing that we've done a lot of is Dude, local connections. You know. Yeah. People don't realize that just because you own an online business doesn't mean you can't have local clients. Totally. So, um. 
I mean, shit, we had 30 people out for the seminar and that was half of our local clients that we invited, which was cool, yeah. you know, and we have hundreds of people that work for us, but we still have a, a decent little group of people here. And I just started focusing on that not I too long it. ago. The community. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah. So, um, that's what I would do. Dope. Let's, uh, let's do the we got last one, one. One last one. It says, any, do you have any guidance for balancing commitment toward a specific goal with awareness regarding to when to shift gears? Awareness to shift gears. Um, you think they mean like, um, do you have any guidance when you get to a point where you're like almost like if you commit to something and you're going like too far with it or something, or like you neglect everything else. Yeah. Any guidance for balancing commitment toward a specific goal with awareness regarding when to shift gears? I would imagine that would be if you, they said balance. So I'm assuming it's like how to balance if you're going all in on something and not neglect the other parts of your life, you yeah. know? And, uh, so you have that awareness so you don't have to go, Oh shit, I got to like fall back on this goal because I've gone too far, you know? Um, so I think that at the end of the day, like everything, every goal you want to chase, every success you want to see, um, there's sacrifices included. So I think that you have to kind of create like a priority list of like, what am I willing to sacrifice and what am I not willing to sacrifice? And whatever you are willing to sacrifice, you just have to be aware and accept that there's a good chance you're not going to be able to commit to those things um, in give much of your attention or effort into those things. And it sounds bad. And I've struggled with this a lot because I'm a people pleaser. I'm a yes man. I've, 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 I've struggled with that plenty of times, but I think that the, the real answer is just understanding what your priorities are and then just being okay with that. You know, I think a lot of times people, I guess like, in, and I can only speak for myself, but if I go, okay, my priorities outside of my goals with the business really. Cause that, I mean, that's my life is, is entrepreneurship and, and this team. My priorities outside of that is my girls, you know, outside of that, it's my own personal fitness outside of that is probably my personal family and friends. Um, and then outside of that is nothing matters, you know? <laughs> yeah, and sometimes going. I don't even get that far. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the the truth is, is I see, I mean, I don't see my family and friends nearly as much as most people because I put that as a priority after all the other. So if I want to go do something or I want to see somebody, but, I, and I just finished all the work I have, but my daughter needs something, she wants something. That's the choice, you know? It's yeah. just, it is what it is. So I think that, and then the, the problem becomes this though, because this happens to me all the time. Like, I feel guilty. I feel very bad. I feel ashamed. I feel like I'm doing the wrong thing. But the reality is, is like, if you know what your priorities are and you know, you're not like, you're being honest with other people. Like, you know, we've talked about this with the boys and stuff. Like they just, they know now at first I felt very guilty or I tried to act as if like I could do it all and you can't. So once you accept and admit it, usually those you love or the people around you or the other things accept and admit it too. And if you try to spread yourself too thin by doing all these different things or having all these different goals, you're just going to get nowhere with any of them. So it's better to just be brutally honest with yourself and with others and just commit to what you can commit to and have like your two to three priorities in life and everything outside of that is a bonus. And if you can do that, cause balance is impossible. It's not, you know what I mean? Like true balance and it's different for everybody. And same with success, you know, like limited balance. What's that? Limited balance. Yeah. And, and I mean, it depends what balance means to you, yeah. you know, um, balance to me honestly means that, as long as I'm, if, if I'm succeeding in what I'm after in life, 
and I'm healthy and in good shape, like I'm striving to be shredded for this competition. But realistically, like year round, I'm like, if I'm not, if I don't look like a lazy piece of shit, I'm doing my job of keeping my body healthy and representing this brand, everything I want. Right. That's balanced for my health. And then with my family, it's like, as long as my daughter doesn't think I'm a neglective father to me, I'm balancing it well. Yeah. Honestly, because there's not that many entrepreneurs and CEOs and people who work as much and who are as obsessed as I am that actually have a relationship with their kids. Yeah. You know, both of my fathers, my father-in-law and my dad have both commended me multiple times of like, you're doing way better than I did because I, I wasn't, they weren't, they didn't own a business, but my dad was a president of an oil company. Uh, my father-in-law was way high up in the labor union here in Washington. And both of them said like, I, I, I was a workaholic. I worked, worked, worked. And I just was the money. Yeah. Like, and I skipped that part because I thought I was doing the right thing. And as a kid, I, it made me mad, but now being in my dad's shoes, I don't have any resentment towards him. I'm like, you thought you were doing the right thing. Yeah. Like, I get it. Cause I've fallen into that and be like, Oh shit, no wait, Course correct. Yeah. So I think like, but if I didn't have that understanding of what that meant, like what balance is for me, balance for me is those two things being equal and everything else being very occasional. That's all I, that, I mean, that's balance. That's my balance. Yeah. For some people, they'd be like, fuck that. That is way too much work. That's okay. That's balanced for them. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's what it boils down to is just your own definition and what it is that you want to commit to and at the level you want to commit to it. And if you figure that out, man, I think, I think you're golden. Yeah. You know, I think it's good. Yeah. So cool. All right. That was the last question for today's episode. Uh, any, no, check out, uh, I'm mean, take a screenshot. I should say yes. <laughs> I said no, but, um, yeah, go check out the YouTube channel first and foremost, Cody Mc or sorry, youtube.com slash Cody McBroom one. Um, cause we're going to keep dropping shorts. We're going to keep dropping YouTube videos. I keep saying it, but I want you guys to go check it out. Cause if you like this podcast, you will love that content. I promise you. And there's going to be a lot of really good training content, especially as we get closer to the Taylor trainer app coming out, which is very coming out very soon. And then, uh, as Travis said, make sure that you hit the share button on Spotify or iTunes, or if there isn't a share button, wherever you're listening to it, just screenshot it, post it on your Instagram story, this episode specifically and tag at tailored life apparel on Instagram. Um, so that we can acknowledge you for listening and engaging and sharing this movement and you will be entered to win, uh, a TLA outfit. So, um, as always guys, we appreciate you guys listening and we will catch you next time.